There are a lot of things wrong with the world, no one doubts that. The banking system, the monetary system, the political system, democracy, capitalism, socialism, communism, the legal system, our health and welfare and justice system and just about anything one can think of, are all sources of problems. We could add to the list, but why bother when the real problem is the person in the mirror? You have been conditioned to think the problem is the other person. According to every politician that has ever run for office, the problem is other people. Politicians would never blame anyone likely to vote for them. Politicians are clever at fixing blame on those on the other side of the political fence. Because the problems they fix are not of your doing, you relax, while the politician fixes those other people. But to understand the problem, it makes sense to look at the issue, which is faith. Most people, far too many in fact, think of faith as high-stakes gambling. The believer is convinced, by an unknown process, that he or she will go to heaven. It is really a gamble. There is no proof there is a heaven and no evidence that the believer has earned the right to be saved. People do have faith, but it is faith in themselves. There is much less faith in God or the church. The average person thinks it is up to each person to save themselves. But people who rely on their own efforts are people who do not have faith in others. The tendency is to see others as a source of risk. We are, after all, all competing for the same things using the same limited resources. We routinely consider the level of risk represented by other people. But we are less willing to look at the risk in the mirror. We are our own worst enemy and the source of our greatest risk, because we tend to have an unwarranted faith in ourselves and little faith in anyone else. Who among us have not silently reiterated the claim made in our youth, I know what I am doing, when of course we do not. We know only what we know, and the limited knowledge gives us a false sense of security. Most of us end up judging others by their looks. But this is not a reliable way to evaluate people or risk. Indeed, the person desiring to deceive is likely to spend a lot of time on his physical appearance. However, it would be wrong to disassociate good grooming and good manners from decency. Because criminals mimic decency is not evidence that decent people are not considerate in how they appear to others. In fact, it is just the opposite. A decline in hygiene often indicates a moral decline. Our instincts are not necessarily wrong, but because we all have them and understand them, the unsavory person is likely to manipulate them. What would normally be a reliable indicator of trustworthiness becomes a trap. Fancy cars and good grooming are not a reliable indicator of good morality, but the truth is, a rusty, dirty automobile driven by an unshaven and odorous individual is even less likely to indicate a person of good moral character. Therein is the dilemma. The things which indicate the person can be trusted are found mostly in people who are attempting to mislead us. But this actually proves a deeper truth. Risk cannot be evaluated individually. People were never meant to live as hermits. The hunter seeks to isolate his prey from the herd because the individual is far more exposed to risk than one in a community. But even here evil seeks to mislead us. The community we live in has given us a corporate identity. We live in this world as property of the state. As people we are agents of our legal identity. Our situation resembles that of a chairman of the board. 
our legal identity being the corporation. The corporation is owned by the state. The person operates the legal identity under the aegis of the state. Persons decide to buy and operate a motor vehicle as a corporate entity. The same kind of situation exists when we decide to purchase property or marry or do anything which must be done by the legal entity. Because we operate under a legal identity, the property it owns can be taxed and expropriated. The state always exists as a potential threat to what the natural person supposedly owns but which is in fact owned by the legal person. Gradually, the dilemma is made clearer. We cannot trust our instincts because these instincts can be harnessed for the purpose of evil. We cannot trust governments because they only work through what is already a betrayal of us, our false legal identity. There is no friend, relative or official that we can unequivocally trust. Everyone is capable of betraying us. Human beings represent risk to themselves. The question then is if the proper response is to trust no one? If this is not possible, then we must discover the best way to mitigate risk. Insurance and property ownership and high office appear to be the main ways people attempt to mitigate risk. Gun ownership, self-defense classes, and isolation are other methods used to reduce exposure to risk. These strategies are more likely to give us a false sense of security. They may reduce one kind of risk, but increase others. Harm from accidents is a greater threat to the gun owner than a home invader. Wealth and power cannot eliminate the risk represented by others. The more power we have the more isolated we become and the more susceptible to inciting a revolution. It is often difficult to see just how much risk we are creating by our attempt to reduce risk. How many persons have been murdered by a beneficiary wanting to collect the insurance? Even people who isolate themselves emotionally and physically will find themselves isolated and prey to others. Avoiding love does not reduce all risk and will expose confirmed bachelors to other risks. It is one thing to be young and single and another to be old and alone. There are two things we can be certain of, people represent risk and the only way to reduce risk is to cease being a risk. The level of risk we represent is defined by the size of the claim we make on others. Risk is defined by the level of liability we represent to others. If we impose no liability on others, if they are not liable for us, we are not a risk to them. But the eradication of liabilities is extremely difficult and impossible to do in this environment. We do pose a risk to others. We may lose our job. We might not be able to pay our bills. We may even get sick and not be able to pay our hospital bill. We are certainly going to get old and may not have prepared for that. In other words, there are many different ways we could end up a burden on the state, and by extension, on the taxpayer. We have noted there is one way of dealing with risk that creates risk. This is the common way to mitigate risk. What it does really is to download risk onto society and future generations. This is called the socializing of risk. The other option is the scientific way. Life in this perspective is an experiment. Naturally, if we are conducting an experiment, the common approach to mitigating risk identifies the control group. But if fear is the central feature of the control group's approach to risk management, faith is the approach the test group must embrace. There are things in the Bible people think pose an increase in risk. This demonstrates a lack of faith.
substituting our ideas and practices for those of God means we see God as a source of risk. In reality, we cannot claim to have faith in God if we do not have faith in the people of God. The teachings of God only seem impractical and risky because we do not trust the church. Christians have reduced their exposure to risk by limiting their exposure to the teachings of God. Ephesians 6:12 For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. What we wrestle against is our own lack of faith, our own fear that infects the body of Christ. What is the abomination of desolation but the very thing that corrupts and destroys our faith? We keep looking outside of ourselves for the problem, but God's plan cannot be defeated, and we cannot be taken from out His hand. So, the problem can only be us and our lack of faith. All our problems are really of only one kind, without faith and fearing loss, we externalize costs onto society and future generations. We create liabilities and in so doing we consume value we have not earned and is not our own. We cannot destroy the things of God, but we can destroy the value created by others and in so doing we lose faith. Without faith we gradually turn on each other. We create a state of nature in which there is universal competition. Eventually society declines into a state of all against all. But it is up to each of us to stop this. It is the lack of faith that precipitates division and decline. We are our own worst enemy because it is the weakness of our faith that creates the most risk for us.